0: at work, or on a team. Your first coaches were your mom and dad who taught you how to communicate, tie your shoes, or play a simple game of catch. Coaching is a universal part of how we get others to get something done. Join your host, Rafael, and his guests on this unique journey in coaching.
1: Hi, I'm Sifu Rafael, and this is the Coaching Call Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoy my show, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large.
0: And we also need to realize that what we say to people affects them, right? Psychologically, it, oh, yeah. it, can, it can turn someone's day completely in another direction in a good or a bad way.
1: Welcome back to the Coaching Call podcast. My guest is Craig Tomanini. Craig is a certified business coach and the founder of Ask Craig T LLC, who has helped hundreds of businesses add hundreds of thousands of revenue in his stage six business growth programs. Good morning, Craig. How are you this morning?
0: Raphael, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on.
1: Oh, my pleasure, my buddy. Let me start by prefacing that you are an incredible coach. And the only reason I know that this is the first time you and I actually met is because I was referred to you by another incredible coach by Vanessa. Yes. And wow, she's she's exceptional without a doubt.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I definitely appreciate the connect from Vanessa to uh, to be on here with you today. It's incredible. That's what it's all about.
1: Right. When, When we know an exceptional person, we need to introduce them to other people, right?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. yeah, referrals, you know, people do a lot of uh, a lot of networking, you know, and um, I think they kind of miss the point. you know, networking isn't about how can I make money off of another person that I just met five minutes ago. It's really about establishing a relationship, an authentic relationship, and that takes time. And uh, in the case of Vanessa, um, I've known her for not a long time, but a decent amount of time now, and she has, absolutely been the uh, personification of that. Just a wonderful person to know.
1: And, and look at that. I get to get to know you a little bit. So today we're going to dive into who Craig is, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about what you're currently doing. And then I want to go dive deeper into who you are.
0: Sure. So right now I'm really focused on two avenues. You know, one of them is, um, I, I I've learned a lot of what I've learned in my life through, you know, uh, experience and so i'm really a big uh, proponent of education and so with my business right now one of the paths that i'm on is um, really developing a more solid curriculum in terms of education for the things that i've experienced in my life Um, and i do that a few different ways and we can talk more about that the other thing though is is really working with my clients uh, directly as a coach and it sounds cheesy to say it, but really so that they can experience true breakthroughs in their life and in their business. Um, and I know a lot of coaches talk about that, but I have a different approach of, of how that kind of plays out. And um, I think it's pretty unique. There are two things that I, I do that I, I don't believe other coaches are doing right now. And I think the the clients would be better for it if we would just tap into those those things. So that's what I'm, I'm passionate about right now is just breakthroughs with my clients and, and educating people. And they kind of go hand in hand, I guess, too.
1: That definitely when we, we can, um, help someone and educate them and, and show them the way, I think that's what makes a great coach is, is a little bit of handholding and then a let go, right?
0: Yes, definitely.
1: Because to, to me, it, it, we all flourish, but sometimes we flourish at different times, right? Mm-hmm. So it's that moment in time that we're looking for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, actually, I was talking to a, a potential client yesterday, you know, and, um, she had, she had mentioned how she felt like there was something wrong with her. She had mm-hmm. been through so many cycles of working with coaches and things like that. And she was like, I really want to, you know, I want to get to this level. I want to do this thing. I want to grow in this way. And she's like, but I don't think anybody can help me, you know? And I think mm-hmm. that, that that sense of um, depravity is just, it's, it's heart-wrenching to me because as people, as humans, we have so much potential. We have so many things inside of us, and I think the job of a good coach is to really, you know, see those things. And like you said, um, we all do it in different cycles, you know. And uh, everybody, everybody talks about, you know, vibrations and, and different frequencies and things like that, and you know, whatever you call it. The reality is, it comes down to timing, right? It's it's a matter of finding the right coach, the right client, they have they could have that relationship, but also at the right time because if you just kind of miss it, it's not going to benefit either person, right? So I'm I spend a lot of time vetting my clients. You know, a lot of people will just kind of, you know, take the pulse, take the credit card, you know, and I just I don't I don't believe in that. I think that having that relationship first is really, really important for a quality outcome for both, you know, both sides of us.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate you saying that because a lot of people just do that. Sign here, where's the credit card? (laughs) And that's it. And that doesn't serve uh, anybody. No, it doesn't because, you know, as a coach, it can actually hurt you. Mm -hmm. Because down the line, that's all you're going to be known for. Yeah. Right? Instead of your expertise, whatever that may be. Absolutely. You, You may start working with someone and you find out you've already taken their money and you're like, oh, man. I don't like working with this
0: person. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You start to dread the meetings when they come up, right? You don't no. want that. That's not no, a good thing. No.
1: Life should be about opportunities, right? Opportunities that we choose to take, not ones that we take them all because we don't think there's another, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I really enjoy about coaching is that it's reciprocity, right? I mean, for as much as I help other people and, and you know, and I get to do that for a living the idea of it really the part that i love the most is that i i grow just as much as my clients through the Mm -hmm. process hopefully they don't all hear this and go well i want to want a refund or something or a discount (laughs) truly i mean i think a good coach is always open to the idea of learning more as they progress through their journey and i think that in turn makes them a better coach a better you know guide for their clients too
1: oh without a doubt you know a, a lot of people don't realize that. A great coach is always learning. Mm-hmm. It's not that they like, yeah, I got it already. Because guess what? Technology changes that quick. That's right. If That's we right. don't adapt, forget it.
0: Well, and it, it's funny that you bring up technology because that's actually one of the areas that I am an expert in. Um, I've got 30 years of, of experience in the IT industry, uh, doing software programming and, and testing. And um, it's funny because when I transitioned over to becoming a coach, you know, I, I say I help business owners uh, experience measurable growth through strategic planning, marketing, and technology. That's mm-hmm. my that's kind of my hook. Um, but it's funny because out of all three of those things, the thing that always comes to the surface, probably because of where we're at in the world now is it's technology. Like you said, it's changing constantly. So I've started to get this reputation as kind of a technology coach more than anything else. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, business is good. People are very confused on what they're supposed to be doing with technology in their businesses.
1: Right. But, but, you know, And and I like that you said that people, they definitely need a coach. We all do, right? Mm -hmm. When it comes to technology is there's so much out there and there's so much competition that sometimes it's difficult to navigate those waters. It's great to swim in a nice, clean, you know, where you can see your toes type of water. But they're going to be sharks, too, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, like we were just talking about with the credit card and the pulse, you know, there are just as many Uh, we'll use the word sharks out there looking to take your money, you know, for technology solutions that you either don't need, or they're going to, you know, take your money and leave you kind of hanging in terms of how to use it. And fortunately, unfortunately, for my business, that's a thing because um, that's really where I focus on helping my clients is kind of Mm -hmm. getting them out of those, those shark infested waters and saying, look, you don't, you either don't need that Software, or hey, you know that software is great, but we should go through some you know, take some time to learn how to use it and kind of reverse engineer it and and see how it maps into your business and and things like that. And you know what ends up happening is I wind up eliminating a lot of cost and overhead for businesses. and one of the things that they usually engage me on is you know how do I become more operationally efficient from a financial standpoint? And when we look at their technology stack, most people are spending anywhere from three to seven thousand dollars a month in overhead that they just don't need on technology. And so my my value add, if I don't do anything else today, is you know take a step back and look at what you're committing yourself to financially and get with a coach so that someone can walk you through you know exactly what you need and how it's going to make your business better and not make it struggle financially, right? so that you're you're have that operational excellence from a financial standpoint, you're not you know, underwater, you know, thinking about all of the operation side, and you can't focus on what it is you do as a business owner.
1: No, I totally agree. Because, you know, somebody has, let, let's use a couple of them, like Calendly, if they have a learning platform, like Thinkific, and there's so many of them, right? And then, you know, they, they need to uh, networking platform, all these different things, right? The, the, you have to go to so many different avenues to get one thing done, and when we think about the money that's being spent there, but it's not forget the money. I mean the time.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So time is is, is way more expensive. If you if you're just diving it out and and you're not getting as much return on it, right? Because if I spend a minute, right, what is my minute really worth? Mm right? What's my hour worth? What's my 20 minutes, half hour? What's my 24 hours worth? I, I was talking to an extremely high-end coach and he, you can hire him for 24 hours. What he means is when he decides to wake up in the morning till he decides he's going to go to sleep, that's his 24 hours. That's what he mm. means, right? Well, mm. you're going to pay him anywhere from 15 to 30 grand for that time. Absolutely. That's a one one day deal. You
0: know, it's interesting you bring up the, you know, the cost, you know, per minute kind of a, of an example. I've not heard a lot of people talk like that. So I, I love that you went there because um, that's how I actually calculate, you know, getting into the finances. I mean, that's how I calculate um, my time, because like you said, you know, time is. Is the most really the most important? Like it's the commodity we can't get back. You know, I can always get ten dollars back from a person, but I can't get ten minutes of my time back. Yeah. And I I went through an exercise not too long ago and calculated my my minute rate. I won't say what it is, but but you know I have a minute rate and uh, I've actually worked with clients and say, look, if you can't afford a month, let's let's figure out how many minutes you can buy, right? Because you know everybody's got you know twenty thirty dollars in their pocket or something like that. Let's Let's get a few minutes. Let's, let's see how, mm-hmm. you know, and that's really how my strategy session, you know, process was born and, and giving away an hour, giving away 60 minutes of my time because I know what that costs and I'm, I'm okay with losing or, or, or pouring into somebody that amount of money, that amount of time. So I love that you quantify it that way. That's pretty cool.
1: If we are in business, I think that's the way to look at things, right? Mm-hmm. Because let's say I'm going to hire somebody, right? And it takes them an hour to do this particular task. So, how much am I paying them for that hour? Right. And then they take a 15 minute coffee break. So, do I have to account for that? Right. Right. It's all these little things, you know, as a business owner, I've been a business owner practically my whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been in business. I started working when I was 10 years old. So, I know the value of money, I know the value of time. So, when we quantify, when someone is working for us, how can they bring more so that I can pay them more so I can pay them what they're worth? Because if I don't pay them what they're worth, I'm only going to get a tiny little bit of what they really could bring me. That's right. It's it's that when we think about the value of a person, right? When we think about, I'm not cheap, as a coach, I'm not cheap. And people go to me, Whoa, you charge that? I'm like, Mm -hmm. yes. And What would you charge me? And they're like, well, then because you're charging me, I would charge you
0: this. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: So now you understand the value of where we are, because guess what? What if I only had 30 days to live? Mm -hmm. How are you going to pay me then? Right. Is my time worth your while? Because I only have 30 days. That's it. I'm done right? I said, So, you know, when I used to charge maybe $1,000 a minute, well, I guess now it's $500,000 a minute,
0: <laughs> right? One minutes not? are more valuable, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. So the value is what you put on yourself. Mm-hmm. And what you put on others.
0: I yeah, it, It's great. It, it reminds me of a, a story I, I'd share. Um, early on, you know, I, I heard any every coach needs to be coached, every coach should have co- at least one coach, mm-hmm. right? So I have three, you know i have a, a speaking coach i have a, a business coach or a sales coach and i have a life coach you know yeah. and i work with all three of those people regularly and i remember the sales coach telling me early on uh, when i was really structuring my business um, i was in that vein as a coach you know where i was charging x amount of dollars per hour you know i had that model right and so she was like well the problem with that is that is you're going to have to work so many hours in order to make a certain amount of money and you know it doesn't really scale and you're going to work yourself to death you're going to be working like if you had a job 50 60 right. hours a week just to try to make probably even less than you were making in a job <laughs> and i was like wow that really hit me and, and she told me she said you know tell me about your program. And I told her, you know, what was involved with it. It was a lot of, you know, my program at the time, like now is still pretty robust. I have a lot of things, a lot of value in there for my clients. And she said, so you know how much I would pay for that, Craig? And I said, no, I'm really interested. And she said, I'd give you $60,000 a month for that program. And I was just like, (laughs) cool. Yeah, I was like, write me a check. You know, like, yeah, let's do it. And And I'll never forget that she said to me, the problem is that... I know what your worth is. I know the value that you're bringing, but you don't. And until you know your own worth, you're never gonna be able to charge prices like that. And that has really stuck with me as I built out my my pricing model and, and how I work with clients. Because like you said, I I needed to know my own value, my own worth, what I was bringing to the table. And, and now when I tell people what I charge, which by the way is not $60,000 a month, but, um, if I were to charge somebody what I charge, I tell them I kind of get that that look, you know, and, and I say to them, you know, yeah, I know. Um, but here's the thing, and this is what you're gonna walk away with. You're gonna understand your value as much as I understand mine. And that's what's important to me as a coach.
1: Without a doubt. Without a doubt. You, you know, a lot of people, you know, everybody wants something for nothing, right? And and I I understand, and I know you understand, and everybody listening, they understand because they're like, yeah, they're raising their hand like, yeah, I want something for nothing, too. But here's the thing. How many things do you have in your home that were free?
0: Right. And where are they? Yep. I can only think of of one thing, really, and it's just the love of my family, right? That's free.
1: That's the only thing. Actually, it's not free. I'm going well, to contradict you there. <laughs>
0: unconditional, but not free. I, I see where you're going with that. Yeah,
1: so. yeah. So it, it it costs to have the love of someone else. It costs your time, right? Because you have to, you can't have love without investing. Mm. So you have to invest that time to nourish that love, right? Sure. You see, everything for me has a value. You can tell that, right?
0: I love that. That's
1: cool. Yeah. When we think of of the value of of things right like i said do you have something in your home that you have on display that's free for everyone to come and look at and go oh my gosh maybe maybe you want something but that's rare right mm-hmm. like, if, like if you want a big screen tv okay big deal but you know did you win uh, your house now, that's right. a big deal, that's something, but nobody's gonna get something like that for free, right? So there is blood, sweat, and tears that go into the things that we put into our home. Look, I have a water bottle. Yeah, I, didn't I have
0: this a, free. I have the same one.
1: Get out of here, here That's funny. That's awesome, that's because we <laughs> value.
0: That's right, Quality. we value
1: it. But here's the thing, right? So for me, I and by the way, I have some that I, I went to a trade show and they gave me some free ones and it, I just put it in a bag. But they don't have the value that this one does. Why? Mm-hmm. Because this one's going to keep my water cold. 24. I don't even need to put ice in it. I don't <laughs> put ice in. It. I like room temperature, but it's just cold anyway. But the other ones are just plastic bottles, and they have their logo on it.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: did they really capture me? By giving me this free plastic, would I have valued if they given me this? All right, well, all this right. is not cheap for somebody who wants to get me this. Mm-hmm. They would have to invest in me. They would have to know who I am. Yeah. Here, here's the funny thing, and and I, you would appreciate this. I just went to a trade show uh, recently, and uh, I'm walking around, and there were people that they were giving out like flyers, of course, and. I went to a gentleman and he goes, you have a business card? I said, no. He goes, you don't have a business card? I'm in my suit and everything. And, he, and I go, no. I said, I got something better. He goes, what's that? I said, well, if you're interested, I'll tell you. And that he He just wanted my business card. He didn't care about anything else, but he didn't think outside the box. He didn't think technology. He didn't think... You know, I saw a lot of people with QR codes and and that, you know, put your business card, win a free lunch or win this or win that. And there was a way for them to capture someone's attention. Mm -hmm. But when we really want to capture someone's attention, we have to do something bigger, right? We have to invest. And yet when we get a lot of in a trade show, you get a lot of lookers and a lot of people who are not interested in your product anyway. But when you get someone in front of you, then that's when I, I believe that you pull out that secret thing that only you spend time with someone and you go, by the way, here's, you know, those, those other water bottles. Those are for everybody else. But I think that you and I would have something. So here's that.
0: I think it's so cool that you and I have that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we get, we
0: cool. should get a screen sh- screenshot of us both holding that's up our right. water bottles. feel free. Right. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> we'll, well, have to hit, we'll have to hit up that company later and see if we can get a sponsorship or something.
1: That's exactly it. <laughs> but, but you know, the thing is, is the value that we put in things. And the, the reason I started Coaching Call is because I was going to do a martial arts podcast. And, and you know, as much as I love martial arts, it's a tiny industry compared to coaching, right? And once I decided to do this, I dove deep and I'm I'm worldwide. So the fact that there are people all over the world who need a coach, who require a coach, who understand that a coach will give them the advantage that people who don't have a coach. Yes. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I say, uh, I say in part of my marketing strategy, they say every business needs a coach. And uh, I've gotten mixed reviews on that, on, mm. those, on those pieces of content. You know, everyone's like, well, I have a business. I don't need a coach well either either you had a coach maybe casually and you didn't realize it when you started or you haven't gotten to a place yet where you feel like you want to scale your business to the levels that other people are at and it's going to take a coach for you to get to that point you're, you're not going to be able to do that on your own um, it comes down to two things it's pride and knowledge and most people that have pride don't have knowledge they they are not wise enough to realize their own shortfalls and gaps and that's really where a coach can come in and, and be effective, you know, to help you get to another spot. So
1: yeah, w- one of my tenants is, um they, they own a BJJ school, they came in. And when I found out how much they were charging their clients, I said, so this is a hobby for you, then? No, yes. it's my business. I'm like, well, you're not making money. Mm-hmm. This is your hobby. No, it's my business. I'm like, well, I can help you if you want, but it, you still have a hobby because you're not doing anything to elevate and right. you don't believe you're worth the amount of money that you deserve. Mm-hmm. So a, a lot of people don't understand. And look, any any of his students will be they're very lucky because he's not that bright. <laughs> right? So he's worth triple, maybe even four times what he charges, but he he doesn't believe in himself enough that's right. to understand his value. That's right. And for me, if I want to be with a coach, I want to be with a coach who understands their value and who understands my value. Mm-hmm. And I told you before, for me, value is everything. When you, when you, you, when you said, you know, my family's free. No, <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of investment. Because one of the things for me is you know that communication that we have to do and to be and you said you have a, a speaking coach why do you have a speaking coach you talk fine mm-hmm, remember, right. nine to five, remember that That's yeah 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 <laughs> yeah
0: and it's funny because when i went through some of my first coaching with that coach um it was you know the first thing was a workshop and immediately after coming out of the workshop portion of that training you know i, I said to the one of the facilitators they said you know i just realized because they were asking me so what's your takeaway from today's Mm -hmm. today's work and i said you know i realized that i'm a really great talker but i've never really been a good speaker until Mm -hmm. now and and Mm -hmm. then there's a difference between the two and so yeah it's that's why you have to go work with a coach to know what you don't know and uh it's it's not that i'm not capable of articulating a sentence through large extensive vocabulary it's because i didn't know the system and the process behind." what speaking looked like as a business, how to do things, you know, from stage as a speaker that benefit others and benefit my business at the same time without coming off as a a sleazy salesperson. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So it it was it was those things that I learned going through that course. And uh, that was an amazing experience for me. And it has elevated my speaking game to places that I never even thought possible. So
1: that's beautiful. When we think about I had a conversation with someone yesterday, no, two days ago, and he, he has, he's got a business where they interpret a lot of either manuals or books, or all these different things into 200 different languages, which is crazy. And then we were talking about how the words that we use affect mm. either us or the people we're speaking to, right? Because we can say one thing To 500 people, but they heard maybe 300 different messages, right?
0: Absolutely.
1: It's, it's I call it wordsmithing. And a lot lot of people say that as well, but it's that communication. It's how we deliver, when we deliver, and is it the right time? And is this the right audience? Mm -hmm. Right? Sometimes the the audience is not that right one. It just goes in this way, it comes out that way. Am I wasting my time with this person or these people? when maybe they need to hear a different message that i still have sure but they don't need to hear this message so it's, yeah. it's also that figuring things out as well right
0: yeah it's, it's it's almost like you can see inside me in a way because i always say my my wife would laugh if she heard this conversation right now it i always say words matter and it's almost become kind of a, a catchphrase around the house, you know, because someone will say one thing, but you know, kind of meant another thing. And um, I'll say, yeah, but words matter. You know, you got to use the right word for the right person at the right time, the mm-hmm. right audience. All the things you just said. And it's like, um, and we also need to realize that what we say to people affects them, right? Psychologically, it, oh, it yeah. can it can turn someone's day completely in another direction, in a good or a bad way, right? And so we have to be really mindful you know, when we communicate with other people, what that looks like, uh, I think it's just really important. Um, and that goes with, you know, that goes again with knowledge and education and, you know, not education necessarily from a formal institution standpoint, but just striving to make yourself better. Right. How do you, how do you um, go from where you're at to where you could be? And and, and I think communication skills, you know, language is, is definitely a big part of that.
1: Oh yeah. And he told me that English is his second language, and I said, you know, it's funny. I normally don't hear people say that, but I say that all the time because I'm Spanish. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, you know, the funny thing is that a lot of people who only speak English, I also believe it's their second language. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's very true. Well, I mean, and you look at the origin of where language came from. You know, from mm-hmm. uh, old old England. You know, and and we we translate a lot of things in our American way, and it's it's pretty rough some of the translations are pretty loose and um mm-hmm. you know i'm from new england uh, originally from boston mm-hmm. and um it's interesting to see and I, I think people that don't live there don't understand this but when you understand the origin of where that part of our country came from you know the even the names of the towns places like Westboro and things like you know uh, foxborough um, those are all english names and, and when you think about the language and the way that people communicate on the east coast versus even here, where I'm at in Colorado, mm-hmm. or even to a more extreme, the West Coast in California, it's almost like different countries, you know, different worlds. And as I think it should be, because the origin of the language really came from that area, and we talk differently than most people do around the country and even around the world. And so I always get it. People are like, and I don't have my accent anymore, but people are always like, you talk weird. Like you're, <laughs> you, you, you talk fast, and you have this weird a way that you you communicate with people. i don't understand what you're saying mm. you know you, sometimes my wife and i will be in a conversation and, and she'll be like like look at me like what and i'm like like am i speaking a different language you know or or even by in reverse right she'll she'll say something to me and i'm like what did you say like i don't understand what you're trying to say to me right it's almost mm. like there's a a gap there in the translation because of where we're from and where that where the english language originated from mm. and some people just don't they just don't understand
1: so so, where is your wife from?
0: Uh, she's actually from Colorado. She was born in Colorado. Uh-huh. And um, for a short period of time, her and her family lived in California. <laughs> Ironically mm-hmm. enough, I use that example, right? right, right. Um, but then, you know, came back here to Colorado. So she's a Colorado native.
1: Mm. You, you know, it's uh, it, it's so interesting when, when we talk about um, communication, right? And gaps in communication and meaning. Because... I think sometimes when I don't understand someone, I always ask them to clarify. Mm. A lot of people don't do that. They'll just go, uh-huh.
0: Yeah, Right, exactly. And then
1: later on, when they go, hey, what did that person talk to you about? Um, I'm not sure. And, and then all of a sudden, it's like, you just wasted that valuable time not understanding what someone was talking about. That's right. And yeah, so- it,
0: I, it makes me think of uh, things my two little kids you know i've got a 10 year old daughter and a seven year old son still at home mm. and um you know they'll they'll do things like that and then you'll ask them later on you know from a comprehension standpoint did you understand that and they'll go no i'm like i, I can't can't re- i can't repeat back what i forgot i forgot and i'm like you forgot you weren't paying attention yeah, <laughs> so.
1: right, right. well when it, when it, the you know as a martial arts instructor you know i'm always teaching either kids or adults you know sometimes senior citizens and it does not matter who i'm speaking with I always ask for clarity. Mm. Did you understand what I said? And then I ask them, tell me in your own words what I meant by that. And then, you know, it's almost like that telephone game. (laughs) At the end of it, it's a whole different message. (laughs) I love that game, it's so fun. (laughs) Yeah, I just saw it recently, they had a telephone, but it was through a drawing. So somebody, I think it was on LinkedIn, Somebody was drawing on somebody's back and they had to draw on something They had a, a piece of paper and they drew on their back and the other person drew on their back. So it was a feeling communication, right? So there's a different way of communicating. But and, and that makes me think about if you do sign language, how is that interpreted, right? Is that more clear? Is that a, a more concise understanding of what's going on compared yeah. to the, the vocal?
0: Yeah, I think it, I think you touch on something really interesting there because, you know, like someone who reads lips as a matter of uh, of context, you know, they, they're forced to look at the person, which is another lost art. You know, eye contact, you know, as I just looked up, someone was just messaging me. I can't find the link for your 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 live coaching thing. So I was messaging them. But uh-huh. I, as, soon as, as soon as you asked me that question, I was like. I got to look at him. Hold on a second. I got to, I got to be, but it's that same thing. I have to have eye contact with people. I have to, so if I'm not able to hear you and, in, you know, uh, I'm reading your lips, I, I need to be focused on what you're saying. And yeah, it's, that's really important.
1: Yeah. So, I, I mean, we, you and I are definitely touching upon context of communication because we just had, I had a block of someone who came on, and they, they, were, they were having us look at some, some, pornography side or some nonsense oh, no. know. so unfortunately they're paying attention to us right right I mean, everybody out there also to understand that communication is huge now and i love this conversation where we're going but before we even go any further who is craig how did you become who you are tell me about your childhood i know you grew up in boston because you kind of said it earlier who would you say? When did you realize that you were interested in business? Was as as a little kid? Was a teenager? And then the other question. So it's a threefold question. We know where you grew up. Who influenced you as a child? When did you really find and fall in love with business and concepts? And who influenced you in that arena as well?
0: Sure. So yeah, like you said, I'm from Massachusetts. I was actually born in uh, Worcester, Mass, uh, 45 minutes west of Boston. Uh, Lived there most of my life. Um, Grew up with uh, a single mother. Uh, My father wasn't in the picture. uh, Even before I was born, Uh, they got divorced. And uh, there's a a whole nother story and segment there. But my father was um, just out of the picture. And so it was up to my mother to really step in. And she was a hard worker. Uh, She was a former Marine. Uh, civil servant. She was a police officer in Worcester, Mass for a little while. Um, we moved around a lot, you know, and, and I think that's one of the things that really tightened our bond as a as a mother and son. Um, I was an only child, and so it was just the two of us kind of against the world, you know, and um, so to answer your third question first, um, she was definitely the one who influenced me in all things. You know, she, I, I got... I used her model of being a person as a reference point. You know, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, most of the things I learned early on were from hanging out with my mom. I had a great relationship with her. Uh, of course, I had great friends, um, but my mother was really the the glue in my life. And um, so, I would say, from a business standpoint, I got into it first. Um, you know, at the age of thirteen is is the story that I typically tell. Um, mm-hmm. I went to my mother and I asked her for some money, and of course, being a single mom and, and raised, she was raising a, a boy by herself. You know, we never really struggled. You know, in terms of, well, at least I didn't feel like we struggled. She probably struggled a lot, but <laughs> we always we always had what we needed. I guess is the right way to say it. You know, but we didn't have a lot of extra things. Mm-hmm. And at thirteen, I remember going to her and saying, you know, hey, I want to go to a movie with my friends. You know, I'm going to need a ticket. I'm going to need some. some Candy and some popcorn and drinks, whatever, all the all the things. And even back then, movies weren't cheap. So I was I was looking to to get a twenty dollar bill out of her, you know, to go to the movies. And I remember she was like, "We don't have that kind of money, Craig. You know, we don't have extra stuff, you know." And I was pretty disappointed. And that really, I think, was the jump off point, the genesis for me becoming a business owner because I walked out of the house pretty upset. And as I was Mm. walking out, she said, "Craig, there's always a way. There's never an excuse."
1: Mm. Nice.
0: And that and that really. Still hits me today. I hear you. That that really set me in a different trajectory. I mean, you talk about you talk about words, right? And and what you say to people. Mm-hmm. Just just that one phrase, that one statement sent me out of the house still upset, but it sent me in a direction where I was like, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that in and I'm gonna do something with it immediately. I felt that way. And I went down the hill from my house and they had just built one of the first um, touchless car washes, you know, like the ones you see at like a, a, a gas station now and, and you go right. through and you come out the other side and you know, they're really great at drying your car off still, right. They're mm-hmm. not. <laughs> Um, so I, I went up to the owner of this place and I said, Hey, I want to, I want to go out the other side of your car wash. I noticed all of your, um, customers are they're coming out and their cars are completely dry. And I want to grab some t-shirts and just, you know, dry their cars down for tips. Would that be okay? And he was like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. So, I, the way I tell it is, that was my first business. I wiped cars down all day that Saturday. I went back every Saturday and Sunday after that. That first Saturday though, I made $80 in tips wiping wow. cars down. And I went back weekend after weekend for a couple of years and I was averaging about $400 a month, you know, as mm-hmm. a as a 13-year-old. You know, so that's back in the in the mid-80s, you know. <clears throat> and I I always refer back to that business because that was that was kind of the the most simplest business model a person could probably have right. and and when i work with clients now i try to take that idea of simplicity and apply it to their business like don't make it complicated think of the reasons you got in business it was necessity it was uh independence or, or time freedom as most people refer to it don't sacrifice those things you know in your in your business planning in your model your your business should still be like that So, you know, she definitely influenced me in that regard because of that incident. But she also um, influenced me as an entrepreneur directly because in years to follow, she actually changed her career path several times. And one of the things she started doing was running a restaurant. Uh, Mm. She loved she loved to cook. You know, she loved to serve people. So she opened up a greasy spoon, you know, in in Massachusetts and it was a cop stop. You know, she knew all the police officers from back when she was a cop. And, you know, so she marketed directly to the police community and they would come in. She'd open at three in the morning and she was open till three in the afternoon. She worked 12 hour days. It was typically just her cooking and waiting tables when she started and then wow. eventually brought on a friend. And, I, and if you've ever been to a restaurant like that, that's really hard to do, <sighs> you know? Um, she had the grill set up right behind the counter so she could cook and turn and serve, cook and turn and serve. <laughs> and, 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 and I would go in there and I would do dishes for her and stuff like that. Fair but, nice. you know, um, anyways, she was she was a, a big pivot in my life for, you know, a lot of those things. And, and I went on, you know, later on, now I've opened and, and run about 15 different businesses in my life, you know? So I'm definitely... Um, you know, a, a serial entrepreneur, I guess, is was the, t- the term as it's out there. Um, I've always, I tell people, I've always had a, a, a day job as a side hustle, right? I've always had the day job on the side. I've always been really passionate and focused on some kind of a business. So
1: beautiful, beautiful. You know w- what I'm hearing from what you told me, and, and the fact that you got teary eyed when you thought about your mom, right? Is is the fact that you thought you were doing well. You didn't think you were struggling. And but your mom was a superhero, man, because she did not give you the impression that there was a struggle. And and that's the beauty of what she did for you. Yeah. She did not burden you. That's right. Because a child should not be burdened with that as a fact. Right? Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And so many, so many parents nowadays burden their kids with their work problems. So much of, and that's one of the topics I'm gonna be talking about soon, um, on they bring home their problems from work and they, they dish it out to their family, whether it's their children, their spouse, their partner, even their pets. And so many times they come home and they work so hard during the day they come home and they're useless mm-hmm. in the home because like I had such a tough day. All I have to do is sit down and watch TV.
0: <laughs> wait a minute.
1: Wait a minute. Your day's not over. Did did your job just kill you? Right. And you came home as a corpse. Is that what you did?
0: It's so true it's for a lot of people.
1: Working right when you come home. It's not about I have to work again. No, I have to be part of this family. I have to be involved. Yeah. So yeah, that that's very, and I, I love your mom. That that she did that for you, man.
0: Yeah, and she was a she was a great woman. And, and I would I would say, because words matter, I would say I didn't have to come home. I get to come home and be with my family, right? It's it's a mm-hmm. privilege, not an obligation. But yeah, she was a she was an, was an incredible woman. She passed. Uh, it'll be uh, I think nine years this coming mm-hmm. August. Um, mm-hmm. She she lost her battle with cancer. You know, it, I mean, back then, you know, she was born in '44, and that's when you know that was the era of people that smoked you know she started smoking when she was 14 and and she had a lot of stress in her life and all different things that happened to her and her own you know battles and whatnot but she um she quit smoking it was crazy she quit smoking when she was uh just about to retire at 67 mm. and she had like a year to go she was working at a hospital at the time as a surgical technician and um for retirement they gave her some chantix you know as a um, as a for every year of service, they gave her like a month's supply so she could quit. And oh. she actually, within one month, she successfully quit smoking and then oh. moved, to, moved to Colorado shortly after and woke up one morning and she was like, I have, I have some pain in my hip. And so I took her to the VA hospital mm-hmm. and long story short, they diagnosed her with stage four cancer. And uh mm-hmm. gave her six weeks to live at that point she lived for another two and a half years because that's how stubborn she is you know but (laughs) she's (laughs) like i'll go when i'm ready you know but um (laughs) but yeah she lost that battle and um it's funny because you know since she left that's really where things in my life started to kind of pivot too. you know uh, i had a, a change shortly before that was happening in terms of my faith and then um also you know in terms of how i looked at business and the people that i i kept in terms of relationships all of those things all of a sudden became way more important. It wasn't. It wasn't about the the work and the day job and you know making a mm-hmm. paycheck and and even having you know starting a family and all those things. I just looked at it all very different all of a sudden. And I think that that's wisdom, right? It's not age. It's not getting older. It's getting more mature. <clears throat> and so I, you know, I tell people a lot of times, you know, my mother um, kind of forced me to grow up in a way, you know, mm-hmm. eight, almost nine years ago Uh, because even though i i hadn't lived with her since i was 17 Mm -hmm. uh, i moved i moved out early you still have that kind of that kind of connection you know to the to your mom and uh when it was gone physically uh it became more emotional and and i've spent a lot of time just kind of you know thinking about the things that she did teach me and i actually do a one of my talks that i do is uh, it's titled things that my mom knows about your business (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and, and and it's and it's profound because really she set the table for all of this stuff. Everything that's happening now, I mean, I first of all, obviously give glory to God first because that's where that's where it all comes from. But, but my mother was definitely a, an instrument as part of that process, you know, and, and she was the vessel that all of that information flowed from. So amazing woman.
1: Well, I, I can tell that your mom was not only an amazing woman, but an entrepreneur. I mean you tell me she opened up a restaurant, right? She did this, she did that. And then she retired from from working at a hospital. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh, she's 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 done everything. I think how many hats did your mom wear?
0: Oh my gosh, mm. I, and it's funny because you know you it, they say the apple and the tree, right? I mean, so I was and I'm exactly the same way. I've had I've had every kind of job you can imagine. I also went in the military, was a military police officer, mm. a civilian police officer for a period of time until I met my ex-wife, and uh, then I became a paramedic, and then I did factory work, and mm. you know, then of course now the last 29 years. Uh, I, I had an IT career. So, I mean, it couldn't be more polar opposite. And and I yeah I thought about that once I looked back, I was like, she was exactly the same way. She, she always did exactly what she needed to do just to kind of provide, you know, and uh, it was a sacrifice because I'm sure even including the last job she had, although I know she loved that, I don't think she ever really worked somewhere that she loved, that she had passion connections to. And that's, that's kind of a tragic part of her story because, you know, she, she didn't get to do the things that I that I know she was capable of doing. And I think that's a message for people that they need to stop messing around with, you know, whatever it is that they're doing that. And it's not just because they love it or they're connected to it with a passion. But but it kind of is, because if you're getting up every morning and you don't love what you do, mm-hmm. then you're kind of like you said that corpse when you come home. That's why people come home that way. Because they, have, they haven't done anything for 8 or 10 or 12 hours that makes them feel like they've added value or they have a purpose in life. And, and as a believer, you know I know that those ideas that we all get, those things that we think, well, God, I wish I could just do that. I wish, yeah. I wish, I wish. It's like those things get given to us and they're there for a purpose. Those are your ideas. They're your dreams. Those are your things to follow out. And if you don't, if you don't take the step forward and do that, you're going to die like my mother did without mm-hmm. any, any real passion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what, uh, b- believe it or not, I, obviously your mom had a passion for doing something right. And, and for providing for you. Right. But you know, w- and I always tell everybody when I grow up, I'm going to get a job. I promise. <laughs> right. Cause I love what I do. I, I could have chosen uh, different careers I used to, when I was younger, I used to work the nine to fives. I used to have so many different jobs. I I mean, at one point I had people, they played a game. All right, let's figure out what job Raphael hasn't had, right? It was there. That was the game. They're like, he did this, he did that. Yeah, he did this. (laughs) But, But the thing is, when you take on a job, even if it's a job that you don't necessarily like, you need to change your attitude about it Mm -hmm. because you're spending that valuable time there. Mm -hmm. So even if I'm sweeping, I'm happy. If I have to clean the windows, I'm happy. And, you know, I'm the first one, if I see dirt on the floor, I'll go pick it up. And people like, but you don't have to do that. I said, yeah, I know. I said, but I rather see it clean, you know? And so, and, and with my employees, they're like, I'm not like, hey, you got to go do this. I'm like, hey, let's go do this together. Right. And then they're like, okay, so he's, I'm, he's not better than me, right? That's right. But guess That's what? Right. I do my best to do the job better than them. <laughs> so That's right. They're Like, oh, I want to be like him. <laughs> so I'm always encouraging people to be happy at whatever it is they do. And, and I also let them know, even my kids, right? I tell them, it's not about where you are now it's where you're going that's right right and so, how, and
0: how and how you're going to get there too right yeah. it's that idea mm-hmm. it's that idea of mastery right mm-hmm. in, in everything so i mean like you said if you're going to sweep you know be the best sweeper right and and i think um, from a task standpoint we're always everybody's always doing something and uh, you know you hear the expression uh, leave it better than you found it you know if you're going to oh, yeah. do something do it 100% or do it well um, i think that those are uh, those are lessons that are not um, taught anymore or, or not as often, you know, to our, our next generations coming up too. And that's something, you know, maybe when they see this video at some point in an archive somewhere, you know, um, <laughs> some someone from that generation will be like, Wow, those two guys are on to something, you know, like I I kind of wish the world looked like that, you know, and we could have that change. But at risk of sounding like John Lennon, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it, it's it's definitely attainable. You know, there's a whole series of people before us that that have lived that way out and I guess for me, the, the biggest thing that I'm searching for if I'm on a hunt is that idea that um, while we're here in the world, you know, we do our part to, to make it a better place. And then that way, um, we leave it better than we found it. And, and then we affect people with our language maybe at some point, and um, they can carry that forward and continue that cycle for as long as we're all here. Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, I, I, I'm really loving this, uh... This connection that you and I have. There's so much similarity in what we do. Mm. Right? That we like to empower people. We we found a passion. You know, my mom died right when the pandemic hit. She didn't die from from this, she died from something else. But it it's it was such an impactful time for me because I was fortunate the week before she passed. I it I, I'm in New York. She was living with my sister in Florida. So I went to visit her for a week and I spend a whole week with her. And, you know, at this time she had Alzheimer's. So she didn't, you know, but she would just look at me and give me this a beautiful smile. Mm. And this is a woman that I did not live till past the age of 10 because she was abusive. But at one point when I was 18, I turned around and I forgave her. Oh, so and my dad for All the things that they did. I don't see her that way. I just saw this, this person who didn't know any better, right? And I I I cherished that week that we had together and all the different times and she would just give me this loving smile and I would just I was I was eating it up. I was just like wow, you know, amazed and it's it's interesting that we're talking about your mom, my mom. Mm-hmm. Morning. I used to call my mom all the time. Once I, you know, I forgave her and the whole deal. And this morning, every night, I, I you know, I'm I, I, I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful for the people in it, people who've been in it. Even, you know what, Craig, I'm going to tell you, I'm extremely grateful for the people who have hurt me the most.
0: Oh, absolutely. That's where growth occurs. Most,
1: right? Absolutely. The biggest teachers. But so... Every night, you know, I'm grateful for them. And I say my prayers and I I include them in it. And I include my mom and dad in every one of my prayers. And then the other day I said to myself, they're passed. You know, they're they're no longer here. I said, but they can hear me. Mm -hmm. They can hear me. And I include my brother too. He also passed. So for me, even this morning, I was like, ah, man, I wish I can talk to my mom again. Well, all the time. You know, I said, but I can. I know she's listening. Yeah, you know? definitely. It's so, beautiful. You know, it, it's 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 incredible that you and I are making this connection, and and um, you know I am so grateful for getting to know you a little bit.
0: Yeah, you as well. I uh, you know doing doing podcasts and shows and all that. You know, from a business standpoint, obviously is great, but uh, yeah, to walk away with you know kind of a I think a deeper connection, and we're gonna have to spend more time. Oh, yeah. outside of this call <laughs> but yes. um but you know um that to me is is the greatest gift you know to to make an authentic connect with somebody and you know potentially a, a friendship at some point you know that's yeah that's all that's all amazing it's amazing
1: yeah, yeah. So didn't I, didn't expect that this morning <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you know you, you were in IT for 26 29 years 29 years Yeah. very good and then you said okay what's next what made you Decide to go and help other people.
0: Wow, I mean, Yeah, I, you know, I've always had that, you know, kind of desire. I guess is what I would call it. Right. Um. You know, the the ability to make that transition, though, from a very, you know, literal standpoint, I think it just came from kind of like we were just talking about, not having those authentic relationships in corporate America. You know, not mm. not being able to feel like, and I'm sure I was at some point, you know, somewhere. Excuse me, adding value, you know, from a, a mission perspective with my my corporate job, but I think there's a point where I just I think most people get to and they go, this isn't this isn't what I want to do because I don't I don't understand the value that I'm adding if I'm adding value I don't I don't feel like I'm part of a team because I don't have authentic relationships, and then so what's left? It really just comes down to a paycheck. Well, like mm-hmm. I told you earlier, there's always a way to make twenty bucks, right. you know, and so why not? make the leap and say, you know, I'm going to go make my money because money's it's a tool, it's a necessary thing. I hate talking about money, but it's the reality of it is the more you have, the more you can bless. And and that's really the the motivation for me. <clears throat> so if it's just going to come down to a paycheck, um that's easy to replace, you know, in 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 the sense. Um it requires work and it, it requires mm-hmm. time, but um i think that that was it for me i was just like you know what i don't i don't understand my purpose in this space anymore and after 29 years it's like Mm -hmm. you should be you should be on one side or the other you're you're either not part of the mission you don't understand where you're at which is where i was or you're like i have been in this career field for 29 years and i have made some great friends authentic relationships Um, I, i understand the value that i've added in this field in this industry i i can I could draw a direct line to the things that I've done in this industry Mm -hmm. and see where it has become, you know, like I invented, a, I was the person who invented propulsion rockets. Like I could see where I could, you know, what the impact I had. Mm -hmm. I think for me, I just, I never made that connection. I never, I never understood what I was doing in my day to day and how that impacted other people. And I'm sure it did. You know what I mean? It would be naive to say it didn't, but I—I I, nobody ever connected those dots. And maybe it's just because I've had such a uh, an ingrained entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. know I didn't allow that process to happen because I knew I wanted to be on this other side of the equation right. since I was 13 years old.
1: Nice. So, you're in this other end of the equation now. How's yes. It feel? How's it feel? Um,
0: Oh, it's incredible. I mean, (laughs) I I think you said it best a few minutes ago. You know, um, when you're talking about the the person who works, you know, I can work with you for 24 hours. It's that idea of, you know, as I'm sitting here talking to you, my kids are walking around getting dressed to go to school. When Mm -hmm. I get off this call with you, I'm going to take them to school, you know, and I'll be I'll be able to go um, do all the things throughout the day that I wouldn't be able to do if I was tethered to a cube. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And so, I mean, that's the practical part of it. How does it feel emotionally? Um, you know the idea that i can I can serve others is completely in alignment with my 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 walk with the Lord right I mean biblically that's what we're called to do is to is to, to serve other people right treat other people the way you want to be treated all of those things right. that that we learn from scripture I now have an opportunity to do that in a in a in a work capacity in a relationship man, there's nothing better than being able to Establish a relationship with a, with another person, and and then have it mutually benefit us, right? right. Going forward, I mean that's I that's the best way I can answer it. it. It's it's almost indescribable because um, I think I waited so long to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just relishing in it now. You know, I'm just nice, tr- every nice. day just trying to enjoy it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So anybody <laughs> interested in reaching out to uh, Craig, he, we put the website up here. It's called AskCraigT.com. It's A S K dot com. reach out you know so what can someone expect they've maybe have had coaches like this other young lady who came to you and said i don't think you can help me or they've never had a coach what can they expect when they reach out to you
0: um i think first and foremost just an authentic conversation that's mm-hmm. really the beginning of my process um I don't like to talk about packages and programs. I, truthfully, on the record, I don't even really like being called a coach, uh, which is probably another conversation down the road. But um, I, because I I really want my clients to think of me more as not necessarily a friend, because a friend is more intimate than that, but definitely, I guess, an accountability partner, you know, some, uh, uh, a business, a professional business relationship. And I think a lot of people, they they need that in their life. Mm -hmm. So they can expect a conversation that's real. Um, And it's about them. It's not about me. It's not about what I'm going to get out of the situation or anything like that. It's, it's truly a conversation about what their needs look like. And I love to dream with people. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm a big dreamer as an entrepreneur. I love new business ideas. It's kind Mm -hmm. of my sweet spot with a person, you know, that first, you know, from conception to like that three year mark is kind of mm. my sweet spot with people, which right. is not typical for business coaches. Most business right. coaches want to go after the big dollars and they want the high profile clients. Right. I want to work in the trenches with you. I want to I want to help you create something from nothing, you know. Right. Um, so yeah, it's that's that, that's what they can expect is it's just a great conversation, and then you know we'll we'll take it from there and, and see if there's a path forward to work together, or maybe we're just going to become friends. Maybe we're going to become business partners. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm I always leave things open. You know, I I usually go into a meeting and say, well, let's see what God's up to. You know, that's that's what most people can expect from me is just to really, you know, be directed and not direct. That's that's how I work.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love it because most people are and most. We will say coaches, (laughs) they turn around and it's more like, let me tell you what I can do for you. And all of a sudden they start vomiting. Right. That's
0: right. That's right.
1: And they're not listening to what the person needs. So true. Because you know you can spew out but what are they what's gonna catch That's right. instead of why don't you tell me what you need and then let me let me be more specific let me let's target that That's and right. maybe from that we can explore other areas but it's that that deep knowledge of, of being a great coach compared to so many people there's so many coaches now it is and 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 that's okay i think we all need uh, good coaches right Mm -hmm. and i always encourage anybody who wants to be a coach to go for it but become knowledgeable don't just go into and say yeah i I just want to do it for the money because that that's the wrong reason that's right you know for that just go get a good job somewhere absolutely Start washing cars.
0: You're probably right. You're wiping <laughs> cars down for tips.
1: <laughs> That's it. So you, you also decided to write a book.
0: I did. Yeah, this really was kind of the beginning of everything. I, um, I wrote a book called The Power to Change. And, um, you know, it's, it was basically a, a synopsis of my life and really where, you know, God was present throughout, mm-hmm. even before I, I became a believer. Wow. Just really identifying, you know, those spots where, you know, I could have died in some situations. Mm-hmm. And, and so I wrote the book and, and uh, you know, it was really just to kind of get a bunch of information out of my head, you know, and I put it on an online distributor. Uh, a friend of mine said they wanted a copy. So I, I went through the trouble of putting it out there. I wasn't trying to sell it right. necessarily. And as it goes, you know, I, I've sold over 4,500 copies to date. And wow. um, yeah. a few people early on got a hold of the book, read it. And they started, people started sourcing me out on social media, They like looking for me by name, my first name. Mm -hmm. And so that went on and on for a while. And I would sit down at coffee shops or have Zooms with people and and we would just talk about all kinds of things. And I started to realize there was a, 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 a pattern to it. It was always about money. It was about health. It was about my faith. It was about relationships. And so I stepped back and I developed my 4F philosophy, which is finance, fitness, family and faith. Mm-hmm. realizing that everybody's troubles, their, their topics were all in one or, or multiple categories here. Right. And I, I, sat, <clears throat> I sat down with a guy who did a webcast a lot like this, and it was him that kind of branded me. He said, so let me get this right. You wrote a book, people found you online, and they just asked Craig T all these questions. And so he was the one who actually really you know, gave me the name, Ask Craig T. Nice. And, I, and I felt like a Dear Abby columnist you know,
1: at, at one point. And those uh, who don't know who Dear Abby is. Right, yeah, that just
0: <laughs> dated myself. Um, but yeah, I, I sat down uh, with another friend of mine who's also a coach. And uh, you know he said, Brother, you're a coach. You know, he's like, you need to you need to figure. He's like, I think this is your track. You know, and' was, well, we spent some time together, and I resisted it and resisted it for a long time. But I had built between that webcast and some of those meetings to the time that he and I sat down, I started using Ask Craig T as a brand on social media just as to, I put up a page just to be identified. and well, right. it, it went viral. i um I had over two hundred thousand followers in a very short period of time That's beautiful. On, across platforms, and not that followers matter or anything because they really right. don't. But it told me, you know it was it was it would think it was God's way of telling me, you know, look, i'm I'm helping you build the thing that you keep praying for, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you need to trust me to do it. and and so um I continued down that path. and then ultimately, uh, about three years ago, uh started the business under the same brand name of ask craig t and um when got off the of space you know during covid you know i was like start i'm like okay i'm starting a business during a pandemic how smart can this <laughs> be you know um but like most that i've talked to the ones who have started businesses during the pandemic have had great you know great success so um yeah that's kind of how it started that book you know it, it continues to sell um, it continues to be the catalyst for most of my conversations uh-huh. it's what i just i think what we were talking about before we went on i just posted it you know again last night and I've, I've gotten to the point now i don't even care about the sales so much anymore i just have a free download available for people you know they can just grab it and read it because i think it it continues to speak to people in a way you know as a christian uh-huh. um and not as a business coach it's an opportunity for me to very explicitly put the gospel in front of people and i learned Probably a little over four years ago, I was doing a speaking engagement, and, and um, there was a theme to the whole event, and it was, you know, what's your purpose? Mm-hmm. And it was really profound because I, I didn't have anything prepared during that. I, I mean, I had a talk, but I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to talk about. But all of a sudden, I find myself on stage, you know, fully engulfed in tears, sharing my testimony, talking about my drug addiction and alcohol addiction and the, the restoration that I've experienced in my life. And, and and. After that talk, I had so many people come up to me and and they were, they were buying the book, you know, they wanted to know how they could get a hold of it. But more importantly, they were like, I want to get, I want to sit down in a room with you Mm. and I want to talk, I want to talk to you. I want to understand, you know, your walk. And so that book continues to be that conduit for people to have a connection to me and to, you know, not just as a business coach, but as a person to be able to open up new relationships at at a level that I probably would never have experienced before. So yeah, it's been great. Beautiful, Yeah.
1: So you, if people go to your website as they can get the free download of the book.
0: Uh they will be able to after today I actually okay. just I actually <laughs> just put it up on social media last night so on my my Facebook and my LinkedIn pages it's there but um the website you can get a copy of the book but right now it'll direct you to the for sale copy and I'm actually in the process of changing some of that stuff around. But if you want a copy of it um and you heard it you know here on on this podcast you can shoot me a, an email if you want directly it's i am so i am at askcraigt.com, so nice. the same as the website um and i'll uh i'll send you a link directly to it uh it's out on a google drive now and i just i just want to connect with people that's you know really what my my drive is at this point and um, that's
1: beautiful that's 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 what it's about right the mm-hmm. connections like look at you and me today exactly way, yeah. i love this connection by the way craig i'm one of those crazy people that likes books.
0: So I'm going to
1: ask you to please send me a signed copy. I will do that. I will definitely Uh, do that. I can't wait to read it, you know, and and I know that not only are you uh, impacting people in your community, but you're impacting people worldwide, right? Yes, absolutely. And, And now your message through my show will also reach out to more people. You know, thank you for being so candid and so open and so willing to share. Your story with us today, you know, it, it, that's your authentic, right? And that's what we're looking for: uniqueness mm-hmm. in a person, in a coach. Who cares? Who is going to come through as an original, right? Not you're not a copycat. You're not. I'm doing. Oh, I saw this over there, so I'm going to do what that person is doing <laughs> because they're making good money. No, you're you're coming with your sleeves rolled up and let's get into it, right? You're like you said, you want to be in the trenches. Yeah. Love that about you.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate all the all the kind words too. And uh uh, I'm glad that I came through that way, and uh you know I hope your listeners you know continue to get value from this and and from your show, I love what you're doing you know as a as a coach and as a podcaster and hmm. um, a business person um you're You are reaching the masses, evident by the fact that Vanessa connected us together and <laughs> yes. um so you so I feel honored to be in that that circle of of people at that echelon uh, you know the the value conversation the language conversation all of those things are. They're the core of what I do and and really who I am, and so I'm I'm so glad that we got to connect that way.
1: Absolutely. What's one advice? I know you have to go because you're going to take your kids. (laughs) That's awesome. What's one piece of advice that you can give somebody who either wants to be a coach or is looking for a coach?
0: Um, I think I think on both sides of that. Certainly, if you want to be a coach, seek out a coach. I, I think one of the best ways to become what you desire is to experience from someone who does it right they mm. um i forget who i think it was i don't want to misquote someone said uh, anonymously they said if you want to be like other people do what those people do or something to that effect right you know if you want to be successful do what successful people do but i think that the idea is is translates here it's um be around people that are pouring into you right so that you can pour into others you know, make sure that your cup is continuously being filled so that you can fill because you can't fill from an empty cup, as they say. So if you're looking for a coach, I I think the first thing to realize is you have to ask the question, why do I think I need a coach, right? I think that that's an important first step. Um, If you're a business owner, or or maybe you're not a business owner, and it's more of a life coaching thing, or, um, you know, maybe you're just in a spot in your life where you feel kind of detached or lost, or, um, you know, you don't know what that direction is. I think coaches are really good for that. I, I often say, and I'll probably irritate some people that are mentors by saying this, but because mentors are great, you have to have mentors in in life, but I mm-hmm. say there's a vast difference between being a mentor and being a coach. A mentor will give you um, direction and instruction. They'll tell you what to do. Uh, mm-hmm. and if and if you follow it, then you get a result. But i think coaches are a little bit to the contrary i think coaches spend more time i think you said it earlier listening more than they're talking Um, my understanding and my experience so far as a coach has been that most people know their problem they need someone to talk out loud to and to help them realize it on their own right and and so i think a coach is is more of a person who doesn't give advice they they provide an opportunity for direction and, and conversation and um, because it's all in here. Like I said earlier, we, we have the ideas, we have the passion, we have the the desire. But if we don't if we don't have somebody to talk with, you know, uh, it could be a, it could be a spouse. I mean, your a spouse could be a coach. Right. Um, but but you have to talk with people so that you can kind of hear the words. Coming out of your mouth, you can go, oh, that sounded stupid or, oh, you know, <laughs> or, or more in a positive light, you know, oh, uh, that's a really good idea, but I don't, know how to, I don't know how to take the next step. And I think that's mm. where a coach really enters in um, because they have perspective. Uh, a coach isn't going to be uh, in it as much as you are. They're not going to be as close to it. And for that reason, I think a coach um, can say, you know, yeah, Rafael, that's, that's a really awesome concept let's break it down, you know, and we can have mm-hmm. conversations about, you know, from a specificity standpoint, go, this is the, the next thing that we should tackle. And I do that a lot with my clients where, you know, they'll, they'll come to a call and they'll have like six things and I'll say, what's the most important thing? And why is it, why is it really important? Let's work on that thing today. Mm-hmm. And they get frustrated sometimes because they want to do all the things in an hour, you know, when we get together <laughs> and, and, and it's just not practical. And I, and I would never mislead somebody that way. I want, to, I want to continually add that value. I want you to walk away from that call and go, wow, I got that whole thing done. I worked with a lady the other day on some technology, and um, we had been working for about four sessions, so about four hours. Uh, we worked on this particular thing, and it wasn't like it was extremely hard, you know, especially from my perspective. But for her, when we finished that, it wasn't just that we got it done. It was that, she, and she said it to me, she's like, now I know how to do that part of this thing on my own. And that's where that education part that I started with really comes in. I'm just super passionate mm-hmm. about teaching people, especially business owners, people that are being taken advantage of by the sharks. I wanna make sure that they are are getting, so I use three E's. I say I educate, equip and empower, right? I wanna teach you. I want to I wanna provide that knowledge to you. I wanna make sure that you understand it so you're equipped to take it forward. And I wanna empower you to go out and do it on your own. So that's my advice to people. Go get educated. You know, whether that's a coach or a teacher or a mentor or something, get educated, maintain and retain that knowledge on your own and go out and and just get stuff done. Take control of your life because you already have all of the stuff that you need in order to do what it is that you are called to do in your life. I always say, and I'll close with this, live the life to that which you are called.
1: Oh, yeah. And if you are swimming with the sharks, reach out to Craig and he's got the lifeboat. And he got the life vest for you. Absolutely great, (laughs) more I love it. I know that. I know that. Thank you so much once again for taking the time for being here with me today. I really enjoyed our conversation. We definitely have to stay connected. Absolutely. You have an amazing and blessed day today, my friend.
0: You as well, my friend. Talk to you soon, Raphael. Thank
1: you so much. Take it easy. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll be back with a new episode and a new guest. You can find all episodes of the Coaching Call podcast on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I ask that you please leave me an honest review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large.